Welcome to the Nerd Review. You're listening to the very first episode, the pilot episode. Today we're going to be talking about Theodore Rex from 1995, starring George Newbern and Whoopi Goldberg. So what's the movie about? Let's read the synapse from IMDb to get started. No-nonsense police detective Katie Coltrane lives in a futuristic world where dinosaurs coexist and communicate with humans, thanks to the wonders of science. However, Katie isn't too thrilled when she is teamed up with a goofy dinosaur partner named Theodore Rex. As they slowly learn to get along and appreciate each other, they investigate a series of murders that are connected to a much bigger and even more dangerous scientific development. So my impression of this movie is sort of like the Tim Burton's Batman in this setting only the uh, the streets are dark and dreary there's steam and car exhaust smoke rolling over everything neon lights weird dark nightclubs and uh, you know an ineffective police force that is somewhat corrupt from politicians and that's really where the comparison ends because that's a that's a really good movie Tim Burton's Batman and uh, Theodore Rex is a very bad movie honestly which is a well-known fact it is an infamously terrible movie after a poor test screening the theatrical release was cancelled which inadvertently wanted the accolade of being the most expensive direct-to-video movie ever made with a budget of 33.5 million dollars and as of 2015 it is still considered the most expensive movie that did not get a theatrical release and is arguably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. A lot of that has to do with bad chemistry on set because of a lawsuit that involved Whoopi Goldberg and the studio. And we'll circle back to the lawsuit, but first let's dive into what the movie is really about. The movie follows a goofy talking animatronic dinosaur named Theodore Rex, or Officer T-Rex, as he's also a member of the police department. Though he's come to realize that he is really only a PR stunt. That is, until one of his fellow dinosaurs is murdered and was hilariously referred to as a dinosaur. Now Teddy insists that he be put on the case. While the chief reluctantly agrees to put Teddy on the case, he insists that he be supervised by another cop. Before he can even suggest an officer though, the evil henchman, who's played by Alex Summers, convinces the chief to assign Katie Coltrane, as she just happens to be getting too close to their master plans, and this way she'll be too occupied dealing with Teddy. At this point, we'd have a brief introduction to Katie Coltrane, played by Whoopi Goldberg, as she parkoured around the rooftop in pursuit of Spinner, played by Butt Court, another henchman, who's attempting to flee with stolen scientific equipment that was required for the master plan. So the film cuts to the introduction scene where Katie is returned from the night of rooftop escapades and is introduced to her new partner, Theodore Rex, who is voiced by George Newbern and inside the animatronic suit is Pons Mayer. And I'll talk more about the animatronics in a bit. This meeting is brief and culminates in Katie exclaiming, but he's a dinosaur, a few times as the chief and henchmen walk away. The costumes are exactly what I would expect from a 90s sci-fi buddy cop movie. All the cops are leather clad in tight bodysuits with bike pads adhered to the shoulders and elbows, and I would assume this provides some sort of tactical laser protection, as everyone in the future uses laser weapons, obviously. Now, the synopsis leads us to believe that these two partners, quote, learn to appreciate each other over time. Though this takes place over like 36 hours, and Katie is not selling it, but that could really be due to the fact that Whoopi Goldberg is really phoning it in at this point and hates everyone on set. Speaking of sets, this brings us to a new one, the nightclub scene and set, which is probably the weirdest part of the movie. It introduces Molly Rex, voiced by Carol Kane and puppeteered by Tony Sabin Prince. They introduce her as a erotic burlesque dancer woman, 
This was super strange, and she's wearing makeup and lipstick and doing a dance number. It was a strange choice to try and make the female T-Rex attractive, and an even weirder choice to make this an integral part of the plot. They even include a scene later where they dance in Teddy's apartment. And if this is not a thinly veiled metaphor for sex, I don't know any other way to interpret that scene, with the grunting and furniture breaking and the weird T-Rex sounds and oohs and ahs. All this in a buddy cop movie for kids. Now the conversation with Molly and the not-so-subtle relationship with Teddy makes the bad guys uncomfortable. If they've connected the murdered dinosaur to the nightclub, it's only a matter of time before they uncover the whole evil scheme. So they decide that something needs to be done about Officer T-Rex and Coltrane before it's too late. They dispatch Spinner and the other henchmen. They attack Teddy and begin to strip his dino-friendly vehicle, which is just a windowless minibus, to sell the parts for money. At this point, it's clear the bad guys are inept and everything that they do will backfire and lead the even more fumbling police officers closer to the evil mastermind. As shortly after the minibus is stripped, one of Katie's street acquaintances is kidnapped, and they call Katie to tell her to back off or else. Now this gives the next and arguably only huge lead. All they have to do now is find the child, which doesn't actually involve detective skills or police work. They just use the futuristic technology to trace the call and find the location. Right before they go into the lair to rescue the hostage, Katie does a sweep of the area and all of a sudden reveals that she is an enhanced human, or as Teddy says, a computerized human, that apparently has some radar capabilities built in. Seems pretty handy. To no one's surprise, the bad guys are still at the location they made the ransom call in. A laser gunfight breaks out as the henchmen load into a helicopter and try to escape. But Teddy and Katie jump on and cause it to crash directly into the main headquarters, which apparently was only one or two buildings away, and the rest of the bad guys also just happen to be finishing up a staff meeting, as everyone is standing idly by when the helicopter crashes through the roof. Now it is finally revealed that the bad guy is Dr. Kane, the very same scientist responsible for bringing dinosaurs back to life and making them sentient, the very person responsible for giving Teddy his life, his master plan to set off a massive nuclear weapon named Eden that will destroy human life and give the planet back to the dinosaurs that he brought back to life. The evil doctor launches the rocket and flees, leaving Teddy and Katie to fend off the rest of the henchmen. Another laser gunfight breaks out, and this time Katie is hit, which causes her to short circuit, because don't forget, she's a computerized human. Teddy has to finish the mission. He stops the doctor with his impressive dinosaur strength and uses the controller to detonate the nuke in space, saving the world. The end. So what's my review of Theodore Rex? Now, if I'm going to break down a movie, there are the basic points I consider. The plot, the pace, the cinematography, the writing, the acting. And in the case of Theodore Rex, it's all terrible. The audience is thrown into a futuristic world that makes no sense, with two-dimensional characters that share no on-screen chemistry. What do you expect when one of them is being sued into being there? The writing is terrible and includes lines like, Nice blading, kiddos, and then cuts to a strange sequence where Teddy scores with eight balls using his large feet and tail in a game that had no introduction or no previous explanation. Another example of not properly explaining certain things, while Teddy is first investigating the dinocide, he simply refers to the fact that himself and all dinosaurs, even the extinct skeletons in the museum, can sense each other and share a sort of sense memory. Yet he can't sense memory who killed the dino victim. Strange. The other henchmen are called Zapheads, I finally found that in my notes, and they're basically a ripoff of putties from Power Rangers. 
The jokes are corny and most of them don't land, the dinosaurs are bulky, and the animatronics are subpar for the time and era. The movie would release the same year that the TV show Dinosaurs would wrap up its on-air run, and they had a better production value on a much smaller per episode budget. Overall, it's a very bad movie that isn't so bad it's good or a cult classic. It's so bad it's hard to watch, it makes you cringe or roll your eyes when they try to make a joke. Which brings us to why people remember this movie all these years later, myself included. The lawsuit and Whoopi Goldberg's involvement. It all begins in early production. The late 80s, early 90s, and Dinosaur Mania is in full swing, and animatronics are a big deal. The idea to make Theodore Rex is to put into motion. Producer Stefano Ferrari is assigned, and he has a verbal agreement with Whoopi Goldberg to do the movie. Except when it gets time to actually film, the script doesn't look as good, and Mania has died down, and Whoopi Goldberg wants nothing to do with the movie. She backs out. So the studio sues for $20 million, which in hindsight, director Jonathan Bittell would say, You learn a lot of things when you make a movie. Any movie. And the number one thing I learned on this one was, you can't see your star. A hard lesson to learn for sure. The negotiations were off to a bad start. Before anything was said, Whoopi Goldberg, according to the producer Stefano, said, just for the record, I hate your guts. Another producer, Richard Amberson, said in the same interview that in a conversation he had with Whoopi, she said, quote, maybe in the next 10 years, you and I can have a cup of coffee and laugh about this, but you've made my life a living hell and I hate your effing guts. They would end up paying her an extra $2 million to start in the film up from the original $5 million. According to Stefano, she was ultimately convinced to settle for the $7 million when he submitted an answering machine tape in which she was recorded verbally agreeing to the movie. If she lost, she would have to pay $20 million. If she settled, she stood to make $7 million. Seems like a no-brainer at that point, especially because nobody put it in writing that she had to be in a good mood or nice to anyone, especially the people running the animatronics, which were not working. Lead puppeteer Bruce Lanoli would say in an interview about the movie, what it was like to work with Whoopi Goldberg. What was Whoopi like? Well let me tell you about my first day on set. So I'm there, controlling the dinosaur, and I'm performing the hell out of the eye blink because the rest of the mechanics are busted. Here I am, on the first day of my first feature film, and nothing's working and they're just yelling at me to keep going. So Whoopi looks right at me and she shouts, is this effing thing gonna work? She's staring right at me and I just wither and say, we're trying. And she goes, it better, then she storms off the set. It seems looking back on this film that anybody involved with it just cringes at the very mention of its name. Some have said that it's unwatchable garbage and that it was a complete miss in every aspect of the goal that they set out with. And it's arguable to say that if it wasn't for the high profile nature of the lawsuit and that it was being in the papers for weeks, it's very possible that no one would remember this awful buddy cop movie that has gone down in history as an infamously terrible movie. And while there might be a lot to gripe about, I did enjoy watching this movie in a certain aspect and learning about the drama surrounding the production was very interesting. Something I always say is you have to watch a lot of bad movies to appreciate really good movies and even learn to appreciate the bad ones. People learn a lot from their mistakes and someone may really love Theodore Rex and that is totally valid. Don't yuck someone's yum and it's all in the name of having fun and enjoying a movie. And that brings us to the end of the very first The Pilot episode. I hope you've enjoyed and thank you for listening to The Nerd Review. In upcoming weeks, I'll be reviewing movies, TV shows, books, and comic books, video games, new and retro. There's something for everyone. Until next time, this has been The Nerd Review, signing off.